0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: WPHT, WPHT, HD, HD3, Philadelphia. Odyssey Station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classic. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on good news in real estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co host and mortgage mom, Deanne Cyrus. How are you, Deanne? Better than you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we're excited to be here every week talking to you on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock want to ask us a question about uh, residential, commercial, mortgages, whatever, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: We are the only real estate show in our market, so we're here to keep you informed. And the real estate market is booming. Media don't talk about it, we do. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com. So what's coming up today, man?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with asking Dr. A. Yes. We have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you. We also actually have- different. Something different.
2: Something different. Okay. We also have our mortgage mom topic.
1: All right. And what is that?
2: Let's do arm day. Arms day? It's a it's a joke. Like when you go to work <laughs> right. out, you're doing like buys and tries. Let's do arms today. So we're gonna oh, do right. arms today.
1: <laughs> all right, very good.
2: All right. We also have our questions, Mark. Can I take out a loan to pay for a down payment on a co-op? Next question is: what is the going rate of interest on a commercial loan? Next question is: I just purchased a home in June of 2020. The inspector I hired hired stating writing that my roof would last five years my home insurance will not cover the roof what do i do Hmm. next question is underwriter denied home loan because of a dispute on my credit dispute was filed in 2017 and shows a status as still disputed why is it there after five days that reminds
1: me of somebody
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh this is going to be a rant day i can tell again
1: No, I don't think so.
2: (laughs) It's okay, Mark. Um, And we also have our topic of the day, which is, now is the perfect time to buy a house. Yep. Mark, when's the best time to buy? Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And I need some motivation. And today's motivational quote is, there are two primary choices in life to accept the conditions as they exist or accept the responsibility for changing them. Nice. So you don't sit there and get run over by a train. You, you lead the train.
2: Right. It's like the <laughs> B-bus. You can be either be on it or be on under board.
1: it. That's right, man. <laughs> so where are we at?
2: So, Mark, we are up to the market report.
1: And there
3: is the bell.
1: Now, you see that big 454, 4,554 number? Yes. That number is the actives as of today in Philadelphia out of 676,000. But that is an improvement because we were down to like 3,000 not that long ago. And then we dropped, went up to like 4,200, dropped down to 3,900. And now, as of today, it was 45, 54 actives. But that's the whole city. So we're still in a historically low Inventory, seller's Correct. market,
3: Correct. which
1: is going to take a while. Following a two-year drought in the housing inventory, the market's showing sign of replenishment. Repl- 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 finally, according to uh, Realtor.com. The weekend of July 2nd saw a rate, a new listings increased by 8% year over year. W- what we actually need is like a big jump. The builders are behind 3 million houses,
2: And it's not going to happen overnight where they're going to get caught up. this is not going to
1: happen overnight. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm talking to realtors, and there's agents suffering right now because they're not lead generating correctly, and the phone don't ring. Anyway, the rate of activity rose 29% in last year's rate. An increase in homelessness has partially been driven by higher interest rates, which are discouraging potential buyers. Uh, So maybe there's less home buyers in the market, but they're coming back in now homeowners are still taking advantage of the still strong housing market conditions, such as higher mortgage rate. Home prices are causing many buyers to reconsider their move. But they got to, they're got they the ones that don't understand what's going on here. Because if you sell your house, you're going to get one. More houses were sold in, 19, in 20 than 19. More houses were sold in 21 than 20. And more houses will be sold in 22 than 21. So you're going to find a house. That's a misconception out there. Sure. Purchase mortgage rates went up a little bit. Currently, there are approximately four homes in the market for every one buyer compared to three homes to a buyer in early 21. So that's a little better. Nonetheless, the market needs an even more supply to keep it on pre pandemic <laughs> housing market. I'm like upset about that whole thing after I read that John Hopkins report. The amount of time homes are spending on the market is also starting to normalize because you know some markets across the country not ours in particular you know we were down to days days on the market a week yeah. Philly was at like 7 days which is crazy so anyway median listing prices have continued to grow by 18% year over year because the prices are still going up so you need to get in if you want a good buy the rates are still around five. It's not that bad. Historic rates, 8 to 12%. So five is great. Uh, you know, 80s were thir- 12 to 20. So you don't want to be credit card rate. So right. buy now. And the medium sale listing price nationwide is up to 450,000. We started this show 13 years ago, it was like 250. <laughs> yeah, we, I yeah, I know. It's crazy. So, you know, The market is in good shape. It's a good time to buy, and it's the best time ever to sell.
2: Mark, the market is definitely changing. I mean, we I can't tell you how many contracts we've received this past week. I mean, and and there wasn't 18 different offers going in either. So, you know, the houses were on the market for, let's say, 7 to 10 days. Um, They did do an open house. But I got to tell you, it's refreshing because... People are. A lot of the agents are getting more listings, and the houses are, we're going under contract. So now is not the time to sit on the fence and get discouraged. Like
1: no, you should take advantage of these rates and and it the market's fine. I mean, you just got to be. You need a good agent.
2: You need a good. And you on, need a great on, agent. Honestly. And on the
1: inventory side, the agents better get their acts together, or some of them are not going to be in the business. Because you're not going to get listings by sending out postcards and emails and texts and waiting for people to call you.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a mindset. That's for sure. And you know we have Javier Nichols on this um, on our radio show a lot, and him and I are actually teaching a live class on Wednesday. That's just going to be phenomenal, and it's all about how to get listings and teaching agents how to do that.
1: Listings a mindset. For sure. When I first started out in the business, I was 80-20 listings because I was focused on listings. Right. Tell us about the rates.
2: All right. So your rates are still looking pretty good. You have your 30-year fixed on a conventional. is hovering around five point eight seven five six percent Your 15-year fixed is at 4.875. Your 5-1, your 7-1, your 10-1 arm is 4.5%. Your 30-year FHA is 5.625%. Same with your VA loan. You're around five and a half to 5.625. And, you know, there's still great rates. And a cash-out refinance with a good credit score, you're looking at around 5.625. So it's still a good rate.
1: Yeah. The market's fine. It's just misconceptions. Right. The media doesn't talk about good news. And we don't. So anyway, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT all positive all the time we'll be right
0: on behalf of the philadelphia federal credit union we hope you're enjoying good news in real estate with deanne casaras and mark cumberland the philadelphia federal credit union not here for our profit here for yours Alright, welcome
1: back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT All positive, all the time So are we at the end?
2: So Mark, we are up to your funny story
1: I got something, and we did this a couple years ago, this was back from like beginning of 21, and it was people that made comments about COVID and I'm really a little teched about COVID because I read that giant John Hopkins report, and they said the worst mistake we ever made was the lockdown, we... St- And it makes sense. When you look back at it, we stuck everybody in the house together, and then everybody gets it. Well, and and it also
2: lowered everybody's immune system because we were just together.
1: So anyway, these were a bunch of things that people said during that, when we were all locked down. My. uh, One was, my husband purchased a map of the world, gave me a dart and said, throw this dart wherever it lands. That's where I'm taking you when this pandemic ends. Turns out we're spending two weeks behind a fridge. (laughs) Ran out of toilet paper, started using lettuce leaves. Today we just flipped off... The tip of the iceberg tomorrow remains to be seen. Uh, Remember that? All that toilet uh, paper stuff? My mom always told me I wouldn't accomplish anything by lying in bed all day. But look at me now. Mom's saving the world. <laughs> After years of waiting to thoroughly clean my house and always saying I, la- I lack the time, this week I discovered that wasn't the reason. <laughs> If I kept stress eating at this level, the buttons on my shirt will start socially disconnecting from each other. Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought that was a good one. That is a good one. Uh, And then every few days, try try your jeans on just to make sure they fit. Pajamas will have you believe that all is well in the kingdom. (laughs) 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 Yesterday, I ran out of soap and body wash. All I could find was disc detergent. Then it dawned on me.
2: Oh my god! <laughs>
1: Being quarantined with a talkative child is like having an insane parrot glued to your shoulder. <laughs> I never thought the comment "I would touch them with a six foot pole" would become national policy, but here we are. <laughs> and the World Health Organization announced that dogs cannot contract COVID nineteen. Dogs' privileges held in quarantine can now be released. To be clear. Who Let the dogs out <laughs> and day three or four at home. And the dog is looking at me like, See, this is why it's you to find Oh farager.
2: my god, that's classic! That is
1: good <laughs> they stuff. Were, they were some good ones, man.
2: If you all have, right, so if you have a funny story, you can send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at two six seven two six six. Fifty five oh one.
1: Hey, thanks God, oh, that's behind us. So, well, so now it's time for the mortgage mom segment with the Aunt Cat Saris, the mortgage mom from Green Tree Mortgage, and our topic today is let's do arms. Let's do arms today.
2: Well, Mark, you don't you don't head out to the gym all the time, so it's a little difficult. So I'll let you slide on that one. But all right. you know, when all you right. go to the gym, the guys are talking about what are you going to do today? It's chest and buys. So anyway. This has nothing to do with what I want to talk about today. I do want to talk about getting an arm and what is an arm. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but people are still not understanding the advantage of having an adjustable rate mortgage. And you and I talked about this. I was not a fan in the beginning at Mm -hmm. all, but some of the clients right now, if they're at six, six and a half percent, You know, depending on what their credit score is, going into a fixed arm for 10 years is not not a bad idea. And what that means is you have options. So the arms that are available out there are 3 years, 5 years, 7 years, and 10 years. And that means that that rate is locked in for that period of time. And 10
1: years is a long time.
2: 10 years is a long time. (laughs) I mean, most people will refinance their loan within five to seven years. so Or move. Or move, right. Sell the house, do a cash out refinance, whatever the case may be. Those rates are, I can definitely tell you for sure, the rates are going to be different in 10 years. The rates are going to be different in seven years. The rates are going to be different in five years. So why not take it? We could be back
1: in the threes in 10 years. We
2: could definitely be back. And- You know why not lock in to a ten-year arm? There's no prepayment penalty. You do not have to stay in that arm for ten years. All right, but if you get into a ten-one or a ten-six, ten-one, for instance, means that that rate will adjust one year every year. Right, so in year eleven, it's going to adjust. In year twelve, it's going to adjust. If you get into a three six or a five six, seven six, ten six, that means that the rate is going to adjust one time every six months. And that's over a period of 30 years. So, yeah,
1: that's brutal. That's like rolling a dice.
2: What? Uh, that many adjustments over 30 years? No, no, I'm saying, right. But the goal is, you know, after your 10 years, the go- and it depends on what the market's doing. The rate well, could after absolutely after a 10-year arm, I would
1: refi into some other pro- program. Into some product. other
2: product, right, depending on right. what the rates are. Maybe you're
1: I, good. Getting- I, I would do the 10-year arm now to keep me knowing for the next 10 years I'm good.
2: Correct. Absolutely right. and then correct. Hopefully,
1: we don't have a lunatic running the country and uh, gas is back to I mean, you're looking
2: a at a 2% difference <laughs> in what your payment's going to be. Right. So it doesn't mean that you're going to qualify at the 4.5% rate. You're definitely, when, when the mortgage company goes to qualify you, they're going to qualify you on what the rate is today, okay, um, right. as far as the interest rate. So you would be qualified on the 65 or 6% rate. Um, the great thing about the cash out on a primary residence is you know the same the same rules apply. So you could do five percent down. Um, you could do a cash out transaction up to eighty five percent. Now normally you're at eighty percent, so you're getting another five percent on a primary um, cash out, and the maximum cash out that you could take is two hundred and fifty thousand. There, the bank does ask for a letter stating, you know, what the purpose of the cash it, cash out is for, but we can definitely take care of that. You're still going to have private mortgage insurance on any loan um, where the, L to, the loan to value is over 80%. Um, you can also do this for a second home. So somebody that wants to cash out refinance on their primary, take the equity out of the property and buy a second home with 10% down. Again, you can do another arm. Get that rate locked in for 10 years. I think it's a win-win situation. Um, We're looking at possibly buying another home and I'm definitely going to do an arm. You don't need to be scared about the adjustments because there's two factors when it comes to adjusting, right? You have the margin and you have the index. And that margin is a fixed amount, generally between two and a quarter to two point three seven five, and then you have your index, which which is a variable, but it's based on the London Interbank Offer Rate, which is called the LIBOR. A lot of banks right now are using the secure, what's called an SOFR, which is your secured overnight financing rate. Right? right. So, how do you determine what that rate's going to adjust to? Well, you take the margin, and you add either the LIBOR or the SOFR and you add it together, and now you're, let's say it's 0.75, and your margin is 2.75, now your rate's going to adjust to 3.5%. So your index, I'm sorry, your margin is never going to change. It's fixed. So when you're getting into a product like this, make sure that you understand it. Make sure that you know what the margin is, and you know what the cap of what that rate's going to be. It's not going to go right. to 15 16%, right? There's a floor for the lowest, and there's a ceiling for the highest. And that's what people right. need to, to keep an eye on. And this is not forever. It's not forever. You know, like I said, there's no prepaid payment penalty. In three years, the rates go back to 3.5%. Do a refinance.
1: Yeah, And plus in three years... You probably picked up another 20%. I was going to say
2: 20% in equity. You're getting rid of the PMI. You're lowering the interest rate. It's a win win situation. But please don't say no because you don't know what you're saying no to. Give me a call at 609 605 7153. I will answer your questions in regards to the arm. You can also check out my website, mortgagemom.net.
1: All right, that was good. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. You can explain all the alphabet to them when they call you (laughs) up. You're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD. We'll be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end.
2: So, Mark, we are up to our questions and answers.
1: So what's the first one? The
2: first question is can I take a loan out to pay for a down payment on a co-op?
1: That's a good question. That's a kind of a tough question for me, actually, because co-ops, they are there's a few of them in the city. They're like they're They're a little different than a condo because you own shares. You don't own real estate. So you own shares. But I don't know. But you can finance them, correct? So if you finance them, are you allowed to take a loan to do the finance?
2: So, you know, honestly, you can. But you have to count that payment.
1: But I think it's going to also have to do with the rules of the co-op.
2: Well, they don't really know where that money's coming from. So... On the financing. So as, as long as you're including that payment in your liabilities, you should be fine.
1: Because I've heard some really weird stories with co-ops, like because of the way they're set up. They're
2: structured, yeah.
1: And, you know, and like there's some in New York that they shoot down celebrities because they don't want no uh, publicity at their co-op. Right. You know, actually it's a little discriminatory, but... Uh, Anyway, so the answer is yes. So what's the next one?
2: The next question, what is the going rate of interest on a commercial loan? You know what? Actually,
1: commercial is not in bad shape right now. It's just basically similar to residential, 5 to 6%. I mean, it's still a good time to do commercial loans. I mean, commercial is not at 10 or 12. It's still at 5 or 6. And even when we were at 3.5, commercial was at 5. Commercial really hasn't. Move that much five to seven percent according to what kind of commercial it is right and the risk involved but i mean five to seven percent on commercial is great it's a great time to buy commercial property yep all right what's next and a
2: lot of people are doing bridge loans right now as well um which is also another great product which allows you to go from one house to the next and and not be contingent so it's a good product as well
1: And then there's actually some changes to the 1031 law coming along. I'll tell you, if this guy would turn the spigot on to Canada, that XL pipeline, uh, I think you would see change within a couple months. I think the economy would start rocking. He's just making people nervous. When people are nervous, they sit on the fence. Everybody's feeling it. All the small business people I talk to are feeling it because there are people that are going to spend money to advertise or whatever else. Everybody's being a little cautious.
2: Yeah, they're saving their money.
1: Same like they were prior to that 20 election or 16 or whatever it was. I mean, there was billions of dollars and trillions of dollars across the country on the fence. And when people were nervous, they all back.
2: The problem is... So turn that...
1: that, I'm going to give them a personal phone call and tell them turn that spigot on. All
2: right, you do that. Let me know how that goes. (sighs) What's the
1: next one? The next question
2: is... I just You're purchased take a, the cuffs off. <laughs> Are you ready for the next question?
1: <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. I'm ready.
2: I just purchased a home in June of 2020. The inspection, the inspector I hired stated, writing that my roof would last five years. My home insurance will not cover the roof. What do I do?
1: See, you know this, this is a problem. Like there's some insurance. Remember that story I told you about the guy that rode down my street, an insurance guy, and looked at my roof from his car. Yep. And said, "You might need a new roof." I was like, "What? <laughs> you're an insurance guy? That's like uh, I tell the real uh, real estate students, you know, don't do your own taxes. If you're not an accountant, you don't do taxes." And here was an right. insurance guy on a drive by looking at a roof. Now you need a new insurance company in this situation. If you're if the For home sure. inspectors, that's what they're going to do. Just like a, if a roofer gave you a cert. They're going to look at the roof and they're going to give you an estimated life expectancy. So now in Philly, we are the city of Rome's, there's hundreds of thousands of flat roofs. The actual roof, most roofers are going to go up there and say it has the five to seven year lifespan before it needs to be recoded or something like that. Now, if some insurance guy won't give you insurance. You got the wrong insurance company. Correct? Correct. Yes. All right.
2: All right. The next question is the underwriter denied a home loan because of a dispute on my credit. The dispute is filed in 2017 and shows the status as still disputed. Wow. Why is it there after five years? Um, that's because you haven't taken care of it and you either need to pay it down to zero. First of all, you shouldn't have even got into underwriting with a dispute on your credit um, because Mark, when you have a dispute on your credit, it acts as if whatever is on the, if it's a negative mark on the credit and you dispute it, it's, it takes it out of the mix. Like it never even happened.
1: I got one for you though. But what if it's a trade line on your credit that you didn't put on there? Remember what happened to me?
2: You got it. You have to
1: get it. And I disputed it. And you said you should have did it now, but I did. And, but you know what? Uh, I never had a card with either one of those companies and all of a sudden it, they showed up on my credit report.
2: Yeah, but while you're in processing is not the right time to do it. So right. you have a couple options. You can remove the dispute and see how it affects the credit, right? If it's been on there for a long time, it you know we're, we're a few years away now, we're almost five years, you should be okay or you have to pay it down to zero and you don't have to remove the, the dispute. But so either yeah. way, it has to be addressed.
1: Yeah, you got to do something. Right. All right.
2: All right. So that's it.
1: All right. Very good. So, so coming
2: going? up next is going to be our topic of the day, that now is the perfect time to buy a house. All
1: right. Very good. They were good questions. They were. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
2: So, Mark, we are up to the topic of the day, which is now is the perfect time to buy a house.
1: That's right. Yes. You, I said it right here. It is the <laughs> perfect time to buy. When's the best time to buy? Now. Exactly. Interest rates are rising. Some experts are suggesting to hold back. They're not experts. Trust me. There's a lot of talking heads out there. And I actually like the talking heads.
2: Oh, they used to be <laughs> great.
1: They're great. They're still out there. Wow. I just watched a great YouTube video. Did you? But anyway, does it really make sense? Over the past 24 months, interest rates have been at historic lows, which was one of the triggers to the highest inflation rate in over 40, 40 years, which I don't know if I buy that, but that's what was in this article. And since the residential real estate market exploded, buyers have been competing with each other, you know, coming in with offers, 50, 80 grand over asking price. Also, waiving appraisal contingencies, inspections. All that's been going on for the last year or so. In other words, for the last two years, it's been one of the most absolute, most competitive, worst buying markets in history. But I don't know if that was true. Like, they're saying it's the worst buying market in history because there was no inventory. Right. But in reality, more houses were sold in 2019, like I said before. Like, that, there's still the sales volume is up. So but you're going to, you know, you could get pretty frustrated if you got in the market, put in eight offers, lost, got out of the market, got back in, put in eight offers and lost. And that has happened to people. I know you got people like that. Yep, for sure. But look at some of the math, math. you know, you're offering 50 grand over value over, of the home yep. on a 30 year period using the Befero interest rate a month ago, say we're at four, eight or whatever. That would cost you about two hundred ninety six bucks a month. Now, let's take a sales price of 300 grand with principal interest of 1805 at a rate of 6.1. And let's use the same 4.8% rate from a month ago at 4.8. The same mortgage payment would be $225 higher, right? Yep. So, the first example of going 50,000 over asking price would actually cost you an extra $296 a month, plus your 50,000 in savings is gone. So let's break that down. Now let's say you were going to wait for a year or two to continue to rent until the market cooled down. And I've heard people say this and I tell them they're making a mistake. You're paying somebody's mortgage either way. Right now, the average rent in the United States is $1,827 per month in Philly. It's 1700 citywide for a one bedroom apartment by waiting 12 months using the national number, you lost $21,924, didn't build any equity, and lost some potential valuable tax write offs to all to avoid $225 a month. Oh, my God. Now, when you explain it like that, it's like in your face. Sometimes you have to break down everything, not just the emotion of the herd and the so-called financial experts, because you put them all in a room, and you get 100 different opinions. So soon you will have motivated sellers again where the prices can be more negotiable. It's going to take a little time, but it's going to happen. And there's going to be more inventory to select from. And some sellers may even start covering closing costs again. We're doing uh, seller assist interest rates going up will slow down the in- uh, increased housing values. This is going to take a while, but it's going to happen. The real estate market has only crashed one time in 08 in 73 years. It always keeps pumping. That's why this show is called Good News in Real Estate, because there's always a good side. Real estate values are based on recent comparable sales, so much-needed corrections need to take place. Like I mentioned earlier, the builders are like 3 million houses behind. For those individuals who would consider paying 50 grand over full price in this market on average, you can buy down that rate 25 basis points or 0.25% of the loan amount. This is the, uh, done through the mortgage points. You buy a few points, buying down the rate. Each point you borrow costs 1% of the mortgage amount. So one point of 200 grand would cost you two grand. $300,000 purchase price would cost you 12,000 to buy the rate down 1% or 100 basis points to a lower interest on a mortgage from five to 6%, right? Correct. So what would someone, why would somebody undertake that strategy? It's actually simple. Reducing the interest rate on your mortgage reduces your monthly by about almost 200 bucks, $188. It'll take you 63 months or a little over five years to recover that $12,000 investment, not counting the appreciation. If you do not plan on staying in your house for a minimum of five years, it would not make sense to buy down the rate, but you're still going to appreciate in our market. Nonetheless, despite the increase in the interest rates to cool down, inflation, which is not working, <laughs> they, got, they should stop tinkering with these rates because it's not working. The new, the new uh, uh, inflation number is going to come out shortly, and I guarantee you we're going to be over 10 in Philly. Over 10. I think we're already there. We were at 8.6 five months ago. And that report usually comes out like heavily six months. They do it every month, but usually within six months, you got a good idea. We're at eight, six. I guarantee you we're going to be at 10 in Philly. I think we're in 10 in Philly now. So the big scoop from all the realtors is the general consensus out there from the people that are watching this closely is while the market conditions have improved somewhat for buyers, it's still a seller's market. And it's going to be a seller's market for a
2: while. For a while is right. I mean, you can't make up that inventory overnight. And
1: this is like 08. The agents that lead generated correctly, they weathered the worst real estate market in history. And there was a million two realtors in the United States. And after 08, there was 860,000 because they didn't lead generate correctly. They didn't get listings. They sent postcards, calendars, emails, flyers, and all that stuff and didn't pick up that phone. However... So the market's going to loosen up, but it's going to take a while. But there's going to be a lot of great opportunities in the future, and you need to be aware of what's going on. So you keep listening to this show, and tell your friends. (laughs) Because everyone's talking about it.
2: And (laughs) and you need to be ready. I mean, you got to remember, you can't be out there shopping without being fully pre-approved. You know. Saturday at six o'clock, some a, a client calls and says, Hey, I want to put an offer on the property. They we have no documents. We have we yeah. have nothing. So if you're gonna go out looking, take the step in the right direction because otherwise you're wasting your time.
1: Right. And and you're wasting opportunities in a great real estate market. Right. All right. Right. That was, a good segment. that was a pretty good segment i gotta say myself there was some good <laughs> there was some good uh points in there that yeah, exactly. don't don't get talked about enough you know yeah.
2: and no pun intended because you said points get it buying down the rate that's right anyway, all right so we are up to our segment with asking dr a and today our topic is going to be how to re-enter the job market
1: how are you dr abelson
3: i'm doing fine mark how are you doing
1: We're fine. So this
3: topic, and this is a hot
1: topic out there right now. I mean, I keep reading all these articles about the great resignation and how companies are wanting to force people to come back five days a week. And now they got a taste of this uh, flexibility in their schedules and productivity didn't go down. What's the solution?
3: Well, there's several solutions. One of the solutions is to uh, go to a hybrid uh, office visit approach where you have a couple days a week where everybody's in there. So if there's team meetings or group meetings or to help with reengaging people that you take advantage of that uh, when you have that one or two days, but everybody's got to come back on the same one or two days. All right. And you probably don't want it to be a Monday or a Friday because people might want to take a four day weekend and. If they, they, they can do the same amount of work, you know, when they're uh, at the shore, okay, then, then t- they can in their house, depending on what they want to do and what time they, they work on things. All right. So, so you probably want to... If you're going to use that model, you probably want to have the days where people, everybody comes back either Tuesday, Wednesday, and or Thursday. So give them the flexibility for the weekends. The other aspect of this, and, and Apple went through this, where they actually uh, started in January for one day of a week, everybody had to come back. And then March, they went yeah, to two days, everybody day. had to come back. And then I believe it was in June, they went to three days and everybody had to come back. And that's when their rebellion happened. All right. So the other yep. alternative is that you can just give into it and set up new systems to engage and to re-engage your staff, right? There's a number of ways that you can do that. But when you do that, you have to do it in a way that demonstrates trusting them and not a lack of trust. Because if you demonstrate a lack of trust and you're your systems are too rigid, then you're going to feel the great resignation even more because they're going to go somewhere else or they're just going to totally retire uh, or go back to retirement because they don't want the hassle, right? So the days of having a five-day week are really over in our culture some organizations are actually going to a four-day week, right? Uh, and and then they're, they're dealing with the great resignation that way and the need to keep people uh, within the organization that way because then people can can do a Friday off or a Monday off and they can still get that three-day weekend where they can do different things uh, with their families if they want to. Uh, or they can just be very intense for the four days that, that they're working uh, and then uh, have more leisure on the other the three days.
1: You know what's interesting about this whole thing? It's like a big experiment because we don't know how it's going to pan out.
3: That's right. right. The,
1: it's like a it's like opening a new business and then finally finding out what you're netting. Is it working or not? But I mean, I could see some people because we talk about the dispersonalities. I you right. know because because of the personalities, I could. There's probably people out there that want to be in the office. You the know, they don't, the office. they don't want to be stuck at home. They don't want to be stuck at home with that. With the kids and the family.
3: Right. The high the I high think- Ds are going to want to be in the office so they can control others, okay? The high Cs are going to want to be at home because they don't want to have to interact with other people. They just want to get their work done. So the other approach to this is to look at what their disk profile is. And if you're not sure, obviously call us because we can sell you disk assessments and you can figure it out. And then those that, that are intense Cs, let them work at home or where they're going to work out of the office. If they're Ds or Is, then it's going to be an easier aspect to get them to come into right. the office.
1: It's going to be interesting how this all pans out over the next few years.
3: It is. But a lot of organizations are finding when, when they handle this effectively, performance doesn't go down. It remains the same. And in some cases, it's actually going oh, up. Yeah. But the trick here is to do it in a way that the people feel respected and still feel that they're wanted and needed.
1: And that's true, because I've been really watching this because I was really wondering about the productivity. Cause you know, it's one thing to give people flexible hours, but the bottom line is you got to make money and things have to get done. And we, and I, even one of my assistants, she works another job and she works hours, but I get emails at 10 o'clock at night. Right. So it's like, and everything gets done. So it's, I don't have a problem with it.
3: I've got the same thing with Donna in our office. You know, there are things going on. Her kids are swimmers, so she likes to take them to the meet, and she likes to watch the meet, and she's very proud of her kids. Right. But I'll get something at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I'll get stuff one Saturday and Sunday. That's cool. Even though that's awesome. not, quote unquote, her work days.
1: All right. Tell, them, tell everybody how to get a hold of you.
3: It's real easy. It's just abelson.net or succeed at abelson.net or 888-ABELSON, A-B-E-L-S-O-N. Awesome.
2: Thank you, Dr. A.
3: Very good, Dr. All right. Thanks, guys. Right, see you we'll next talk week.
2: See you later. And if you have any see questions, you. you can email them to 8029 at Comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Kitsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153
1: a special thanks to all of our listeners and, and our tuning in every week and our sponsors and some of them for calling us. You can listen to this show every Saturday and also at our website. So with that, have a great
2: week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Kitsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, All,
0: all positive, positive, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is prerecorded.